This is Ask an Educator. Welcome to Ask an Educator. I'm Hashim Pipkin, and in this episode, I chat with Dana Siegel, an elementary ESL teacher in Cullisville, Tennessee. Take a listen and discover how the idea-generating micro-credential helped her push her practice past surface-level engagement with her ESL students to support their creativity in grappling with new content. Here we go. So let's start with admittedly a pretty (laughs) big question. What motivates you as an educator? What continues to inspire you to get up every day and provide the best learning experience for your kids? Oh, that's a great question. I think what motivates me is uh, watching my kids learn to think for themselves. Watching them, particularly for ESL students, move from a I can't, very passive um, way of interacting in their classroom to becoming more assertive as their language builds, uh, being able to communicate their thinking, and to watch their problem-solving wheels in action. And I think uh, the final motivator is to, my kids laugh because I'll remind them, do you remember the old days when you couldn't do, now look at you? And they'll laugh, but at the same time, you see them straighten up, their chests are, your little chests are puffing out. They're saying, you know what, I've got this. This lady has really shown me that I can think and I can tackle what I need to tackle in my classroom. A, a kind of language toolkit or content toolkit either um, for your students so that um, in their, I guess, non, in their regular core classes, they're able to, you know, feel like they can participate and engage because That's you it. front-loaded that content. Because, um, you know, it. what we... Some participants and doers. Right. Right. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I like that. Right. Because the the risk you take when you're, when you identify, you know, a, a group of students as in need or, you know, learning differently is that both the educator and the student themselves isolate, you know, and they feel like they can't truly engage with, you know, the learning environment, whether that be with their peers or either their um, regular in- instructor. So that's really good that's news. That's exactly right. So what I'm hearing actually is a super busy teacher life that you have, right? You know, you have this really unique position where you are pulling out students, but you're still probably collaborating with their instructor um, to make sure that, you know, there's co-planning and stuff happening like that. How has professional learning before micro-credentials? So I want you to try to uh, leave micro-credentials out in your response, but how has professional learning fit into your day-to-day, just say, before you were introduced to the concept of micro-credentials? Well, as you can imagine, um, when you have a specialized program, and mine is ESL, the content of language, and I don't teach in a large um, regular classroom with 20-something kids, and while, yes, I follow the standards, I follow the standards in terms of picking and choosing and building language. So most of the staff development doesn't really apply. Now, for the... The literacy will certainly do so. And if we work on things such as um, hearing vocabulary and so on, I'm I'm in good shape. But uh, a lot of the PD that I've had in the past not only hasn't applied to my particular content, my particular needs and goals, 
But most importantly, if it's something that I've needed, I've already gone and researched and studied and found something shaking the tree to, to do better with it. So when I'm getting it at a, you know, one-on-one level at a one-hour PD, it's too little, too late. And I'm usually, not that I'm, you know, there's, you know, I'm missing a person, but I've already figured out a lot of what I need for, that I said that I'm being presented. I guess I'm hearing, I take away from that, there was this need to really personalize your professional exactly. learning. Um, to really fit into your your unique, um, say, classroom, right? And this very, you know, fluid classroom where you're pulling students out, um, you're giving students kind of what they need. So, and kind of in a similar way, you need to make sure that professional learning is what you need, right? Um, what I need. Yeah, right. It really is, you know, it has to be what I need. Otherwise, I'm sitting there for an hour um, try not to roll my eyes, try not to check my iPhone. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, I mean, really, it's just, and I'm thinking, boy, this hour could have been better spent somewhere else. And I think the other thing, um, pre micro credentials is that this is my 37th year of teaching. Wow. And you've seen it all. You, right. I've literally seen the pendulum swing every which way but loose. And, um, you know, after a while, things do repeat. Things do come back into style again. And so, you know, something that I had at the, my early stages of my career may be coming back again. And I'm like, okay, I've already been through this. Um, I've already tried it. I figured out what works and what hasn't and pulled what was most effective out of it. So, you know, it, it, it's really tough to get PD. It's right at a teacher's cutting edge. That, and that meets every teacher's needs in that room. So I think I can probably answer this question for you after um, your response, but just interested to hear what what would you say sparked your desire to rethink your professional learning through micro-credentials? Was it this, you know, desire to try to personalize the content you were, you know, you were honing the kind of skills that were applicable to your classroom? Or was there some other a particular challenge with a student or say larger district goal that really nudged you in the direction to um, start exploring micro-credentials? Okay, uh, my answer is probably not going to be politically correct, but the reason I started getting involved with the micro-credentials is that I've been reading enough in like Ed Week and all the different educational journals that uh, micro-credentials were happening. They were happening in the business world, they were happening um, all over the place, and well, I was starting to see glimmers of it happen, you know, in education. And then Tennessee um, started to develop the program, and I thought, wait a minute, you know, I've been around long enough that if we're going to do a new program, I like to know what's going to happen. I like to know how it's going to impact me, and so I, I volunteered because I figured if I knew where it was going. I could help shape it either for better or for worse in terms of um, how it applied to teachers. You know, if it was going to be something that was a poor fit for Tennessee teachers, I could advocate for that. But, if you know, I figured the worst that would happen is I would come away with some general knowledge of Tennessee ed policy. But the best that could happen is that maybe this, what I was seeing happening in the business world, might really be applicable for us as teachers and it might be a really good thing and that absolutely is accurate right there was which is in some ways what 
digital promises interest in micro-credentials um, can be attributed to, right? That this was a concept that was happening and taking shape and starting to gain some traction in other industries, in other sectors. Exactly. And we wanted to, in a lot of ways, some of the general tech innovations that are happening in uh, education now had prior lives in other industries. And micro-credentials was one, right? And we've, of course, as is necessary, made some adjustments. Um, but it definitely was kind of taking, it was it was starting to become part of the lexicon, right? So it makes exactly. sense that, that you kind of caught wind of that. <laughs> and it just so happened that Tennessee was starting this pilot. Um, but I would I would ask a follow-up question, which is, once you, as you were reading and kind of just gaining general knowledge of what a micro-credential was, right, um, did you initially see any immediate um, yeah. kind of, yeah, overlap yeah. with the problems you were having? Yeah, I mean, it was just an immediate, although it, it was funny because my first um, inclination was to look to see specifically what was ESL. And then I realized going through there wasn't, but I was like, now, wait a minute. I'm not thinking about this because my my skill base is not ESL skill base. It's education kid skill base, if that makes sense. That, that what I'm learning and what I'm developing in terms of my strategies, in terms of like you put my toolkit, is not ESL. It's kid base. That is teacher base. And so when I went back in and started looking at the uh, different possible micro-credentials and how they were stacked, that it wasn't just a um, checking for understanding 101, that you kind of understood, oh, yeah, you're supposed to check on kids. It moved to deeper thinking, deep, deeper strategy, uh, implementation. And then the thing I loved the most, what jumped out the most, was the part that everyone had struggled with, is that you have to get student input and student reflection. And I thought, that's different. I could be trying something, and in my mind I can feel like this, you know, great super teacher, but what are the kids seeing? What are they getting? Are they seeing my shifts, and is it impacting their learning? And that is what really uh, sold me on getting involved with the program. Um, so let's talk now about the specific micro-credential that, that you, you earn. Um, and if I recall, it's the idea generating MC. Exactly, uh-huh. So, you know, you talk about how you started to see micro-credentials not necessarily needing to perfectly align with your content area, but it was more about how I can refine my teacher practices, right? My pedagogy, my, my that's pedagogy, exactly right. right. So talk to me about how the idea generating micro-credential, um, what appealed to you about it, and then that, that earning process, what was it like getting your students oh. involved, stuff like that? Okay. The idea generating one jumped out at me because it did exactly what I, I think I just tried to um, communicate to you, that uh, the idea generating um, micro-credential assumes that you already have a set of processes in place that will deepen kids' thinking in terms of problem-solving, in terms of coming up with new ideas, whether it's at the start, um, through the middle, or at the end of a project, wherever you may be. And in my case, I've been using brainstorming with my kids. That's been around for a long time. Um, everyone's very familiar with it. 
But what I loved about this micro-credential, and I was, uh, I was glad that this was the one that you put in our email, is the idea generating pushed me past the initial brainstorming and helping the kids to really build a more organized system of how they can organize their ideas, how they can really have a really strong academic conversation and learn to agree and disagree, pull out the positives and negatives. And that um, usually in brainstorming, I recognize this in the micro-credential, that 99% of the time, I knew where I wanted the kids to go, the direction I wanted them to move in. And this idea of generating um, with the new process and the kids really, really taking control of um, organizing their thinking and generating and, and refining their thinking, they ended up moving in a totally opposite direction that I would have taken the class. And it was so much more effective than what I would have done. Yeah. And the, so, so I, you, you flagged earlier, right? That it, one of the, one of the things you appreciate about the micro credentials is that it allows you to go deeper um, much and, deeper. and, you know, especially in the context of an ESL classroom or ESL, say, learning environment, how important is it that you, you saw your students be able to have those academic conversations and able to organize, say, their, their thoughts in their head and translate them on paper or whatever, you know, format you, you decided to take? What were some of the ways that you saw the micro-credential specifically impact your students? Well, this is, um, I, I think there's a real misnomer or misunderstanding in, in the field of education that a student is bound by their language proficiency, that if they're at a low-level language proficiency, that they can only have low-level thinking. And this micro-credential, the idea generating, having the kids pull their thinking, having them have the conversations, having um, a kid who didn't have a lot of language proficiency draw out a solution to the problem that they might be having. Um, all of those contributed to a much deeper um, level of thinking. You know, and if we look at Blooms or DOK, much higher levels of thinking for the kids. Right. And so it just, their language um, actually improved, but most importantly, they were able to get their ideas across with each other at a much higher level, I think, than um, we may have done in the past. And it was really great, too, that ideas can be abstract. And so this pulling up their resources, having kids borrow each other's phrases, and we would write them down, you know, as bank and so on, really helped kids express abstract thinking. That's really important, especially at the elementary level, right, regardless of ESL yep. or not, right? Um, and, and some of my kids are have not, you know, I mean, they're considered to be, you know, they, they have a double whammy. They're dealing with poverty and they're dealing with a language, um, what people call deficiency, you know, and so this is empowering them. This yes. is giving kids the keys and the tools that they need, not only to be successful in their classroom, but to excel in their classroom. That's so powerful. So I really appreciate you taking time. Okay. Thanks, All right, thanks Dana. Holiday. All right. Take care. Thanks so much for joining us on Ask an Educator. See you next time.